Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're talking pre-summer Dynasty Keys, a sneaky undervalued wide receiver, and doing a super early mock draft on Rotoviz Radio. On I'm Dave Cabin. This is Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC. I'm joined by a special guest for this episode from OTI Media and the assistant executive producer of Rotoviz Podcast, Mr. Colin Kelly. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Dave? Uh, always good to talk with you. Excited to to talk through the show. There's a lot of cool topics coming up here. Yeah, well, we appreciate you filling in for uh, Matt, who is feeling a little. Under the weather today, not able to join us, but nonetheless, we're going across the Atlantic Ocean to record this. Uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. So we have a lot of things that we're going to cover today. But before we get into them, I need to take a couple of minutes. I just want to talk about uh, Fantasy Cares, the eliminators that they're doing. Uh, As everybody knows, Scott Fish and John Bosch do so many great things. Um, getting the fantasy community involved and giving back uh, to charities such as Toys for Tots. I'm actually going to be taking part in an eliminator contest that they're doing uh, where it's basically like a best ball league. There's 16 teams in the league, I believe. Each week, if your team has the lowest points, you get kicked out. There's a lot of leagues with what they're calling quote unquote celebrities. I don't know how I got picked for that, but if you want to <laughs> come and play with me, uh, it's awesome, an awesome way to get involved in something that uh, will give back to uh, just a great cause. So if you want to play with me, go to fantasycares.net, search my name. There's a lot of other awesome people that are going to be involved in it too. I did it last year. It was a lot of fun. Won my league mainly thanks to Todd Gurley. So be sure to check that out. Make yeah, sure that I'm not... Oh, go I, ahead, Colin. Yeah. I just want to mention uh, when you're on the Fantasy Cares, uh, you mentioned Scott Fish and John Bosch and the work they do. Uh, it's incredible. Um, and I've I seen already, uh, I'm in a couple of different leagues with uh, Scott, the Capitalist Pigs 2 League. I know there's a lot of our listeners that are in that. There's uh, the, K- the KOHR leagues as well. It's a, kind of a best ball, but it has a, a relegation and promotion tier in that. And uh, I'm obviously in the top tier, which uh, I'm looking forward to this season to try and <laughs> win some cash. But the great thing about all those leagues is a percentage of them goes to Fantasy Cares. And last year, I believe, I think I think it was uh, over $10,000 was raised. Uh, I don't want to get yeah. the figure wrong. But this year, I've already seen that Scott has been very optimistic. I've seen figures of above $20,000 in the hope of raising for uh, Christmas when they do that Toys for Tots drive and uh, get, uh, you know, toys to children that just don't have they, they don't have uh, that their opportunity at present so looking forward to seeing what uh, fantasy carriage does this year but I, I highly recommend anyone that's into fantasy football getting on board in some of those leagues and with fantasy cares as well i know you can also have those opportunities scott's running the, the satellite leagues for the scott fishbowl for next year already to try and get those spots so if you're interested in getting into the scott fishbowl if you haven't missed out before those uh, satellite competitions that are uh, season-long best balls are a great way to try and get in and also as i mentioned a little bit of a charity factor that uh, helps out uh, kids and the, the toys for tot drive yeah definitely just a really cool way to get involved in to get involved in giving back so 
I have a question for you, Mr. Kelly. Yep. Over the weekend, I was in a startup on the FFPC with the 12th pick, the 1.1 to the 12th pick in the draft. Sony Michelle was taken. I was absolutely perplexed by this. What do you make of this insanity? I think it's pretty much a high level of insanity. And just prior to recording, you sent me over the screenshot and I did take a look through it. And I realized then after that, that the, you know, the, the person that made this pick also traded up to do so. So the person had the, the second pick of the draft, took Todd Gurley, absolutely no problems with that. I would likely to come at the number one spot. So happy with that. When you get to number 12, then he's traded up. He's taking Sonny Michelle. If you look at the, the running backs that have gone after that, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon goes after Joe Mixon, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook and then Devontae Freeman goes halfway through the third round who is a player that I would still take over Sonny Michelle at this point so I, I definitely don't agree with the, the reach there people will have their values people will value him in different spots but I think it, it definitely is a reach at that point but obviously he has thought that he wouldn't get that pick of it went all the way back to getting his regular spot at you know the end of that second round but I definitely think he could have got you know Melvin Garden, Dalvin Cook Devontae Freeman at those values. You know, Jarek McKinnon went at the end of the third. In the fourth round, then we have Jordan Howard going, Derek Henry. I just think there was so many better options to, than rather than trading up to get that. So it's a bit of a stretch. And, you know, when I'm when I'm playing in a dynasty format, I like to, to go ahead and try and get myself uh, wide receivers early. And, uh, you know, I would have definitely... If I was moving up there, like the wide receivers in this, the, I can see the reason why he did it because there was eight running backs going and those first 11 picks, the only wide receivers taken were uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown. But if you look at after his pick, you know, we have Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas. I would have took all of those over him. I definitely would have went wide receiver and I would have kind of tried not to give away the value that he would have had to give up to get to Sonny Michel. Not quite sure what he actually did give up, but I can see from the rest of it that he hasn't had a, a pick then in the next two rounds so it's uh, you know you're giving up a lot to, to get him so obviously he has a lot of faith in Sonny Michelle uh, as a long-term dynasty prospect but you know the other there's a couple of picks in this that I would question Alan Robinson was the fourth wide receiver off the board and while I've touted him uh, as somebody who I think will be this year's NFL comeback player of the year coming back from that injury and you know moving to Chicago going ahead uh, of players like Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Michael Thomas. You know, Amari Cooper goes after it. Doug Baldwin goes after it. There's just so many players that have gone after him that I, I think, although I think he's going to have more value at the end of the season, he definitely at this moment in time isn't the wide receiver for in Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I think that what I'm always looking to do, now granted, I don't play quite as much Dynasty as a lot of people out there, but I definitely try to avoid taking players, especially in a startup, that... I don't have any information on at such an early and pivotal point in the draft. To me, a startup, those first three rounds, those picks are so coveted and so important that to use them on a player who, though, is going into a good situation who you might feel good about, you just really don't know what to expect. And I think that's a dangerous thing to do. You can really set yourself back uh, by bringing in a player that you just can't be sure of what to expect and you know the thing is Michelle could prosper in New England but that still doesn't ensure you that he's going to be better than some of those similar players that you could be taking there and we talk about this a lot on the site that people tend to overvalue rookies in startup drafts and it's a dangerous thing you know I pretty much avoid them 
altogether. And if you're, you know, I think there is a kind of philosophical approach to a league, which is, are you going to try to build for the long term? Or are you going to try to win in the current window? But I think starting off looking three years out, allowing yourself to take a guy that maybe is already 25, but you're going to get that 25 to 28 range is fine. So I was a little perplexed by that pick. I think it was pretty dangerous. Not saying that Michelle couldn't work out, but when, like you said, if you look at other options that are out there, the directions you could have taken your team, I kind of question it. I would have to check, I would have to check in as well. And just, you know, sometimes dynasty is getting a lot, lot more popular. And like, you know, I've been playing it for six or seven years now, but you do see when you're going into startup leagues like this, sometimes people are making the jump over from redraft. And, you know, when you're taking players like this, you know, in a redraft format, you can see it, but in a dynasty format, I think it's a bit of a stretch because wide receivers do tend to hold that value a lot longer. And if you look at, you know, just for example, Julio Jones went after him, Michael Thomas has gone after him and uh, Keenan Allen, I would have all those kind of in my top six or seven dynasty wide receivers when you look at it then if you go to me tomorrow you've drafted Sonny Michelle and you know if I have Julio Jones I can definitely trade Julio Jones for Sonny Michelle and a lot lot more along with it so you need to be thinking about the value that you're getting for the long-term play because Sonny Michelle if he goes in there's a slow start to the season he doesn't you know maybe finish this season with two touchdowns doesn't play in every game for the Patriots it does drop his value quite considerably if you look at somebody then like Julio Jones, even if he has a, a slow season, he's still going to hold value heading into next season, although he is starting to get older. Maybe we'll go with the Michael Thomas look. He's still going to be uh, you know, a second or third round startup pick at worst. But if Sonny Michelle comes in, has a slow year, doesn't really hit, hit the plateau or the performance that this guy expects him to have, he's not definitely in no circumstance is going to be a first round pick next year in a dynasty format. So you have to think ahead like that and use those wide receivers as leverage moving forward. And I think some of these picks, uh, I would love to be in a position to be taking these wide receivers. Somebody like AJ Green going in the mid third in this one, Adam Thielen going in the mid fourth. You know, these guys are going to be players that will uh, be able to be moved for running backs if you need to do so, uh, even this offseason or into the into the future. So that's the way I, I perform in my dynasty drafts, always looking to, to see where you can get that value if you do need to make the move. Do you do you agree with me there that, you know, if you're looking, if you had somebody, nobody's going to be able to offer Sonny Michelle and get Julio Jones straight up uh, in, a, in a trade, even though he's gone half a round later. Do you get what I'm what I'm saying there, Dave? Yeah, I, I, I do get what you're saying. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, a lot of the points that you've made, I agree with, um, especially when you're talking about players carrying their value. Um but I mean, I, I don't know. I think for me, it, I, I can understand why they did it. But I think you made a great point saying, you know, if you're making the transition from redraft, that's the type of pick that that might make yeah. more sense in reference to the Michelle. Uh, but speaking of rookies, other than Saquon Barkley, who I think we can all agree, um, you know, will have a good starting season. Who is the rookie that you would reach for in a startup? And I, I, you said we all agree that he'll have a good starting season. He should have a good starting season, but we see often with rookies, you know, I always call them the shiny new toy. They could come in and underperform, and uh, but I think uh, Saquon seems to be a safe option here as we head into the season. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he changes it into the NFL level. But when you're looking at the the rookies that I'd like to see in startups, I like the kind of if you're looking at where they landed in terms of their draft uh, position or their teams rather I, I like the opportunity presented to Darius Geis in Seattle or Royce Freeman in Denver I think both should have the chance to be starters early both offenses have their concerns you know we have Case Keenum coming in well he should win the starting quarterback job in Denver it is highly expected that he will do so but how does 
things transition there and you quarterback in the mix but I, I still do like it and then of course the Seahawks offensive line which has been an issue for many many years and with their run game but I, I like both of those opportunities there my number two and number three rookie running backs and uh, I would I would like to have them uh, if we're looking at you know over Sonny Michelle heading into this season I also love at the wide receiver position love Calvin Ridley's landing spot opposite Julio Jones and I've had a, quite a few of my mock drafts already in my rookie leagues, and I've been able to to pick him up, and I really like that landing spot. Uh, and then you know, but he is going in that kind of mid to late first. There is that run on running backs at the start uh, off those rookie drafts, and I think there's a, a good value there in Calvin Ridley as we head towards the season. Absolutely. And just a quick reminder, if you want to learn more about these rookies and continue to get ready for the season, make sure that you head to the Rotoviz Radio podcast page, which is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. You can sign up for a listener only 30% discount. Not only does it support the pod, but it gives you unlimited access to all of our premium content and tools. Speaking of dynasty, what do you think are some of the key things that owners should be doing this time of year we have the draft behind us free agency behind us what can you start to do in these couple of months leading up to the season yeah this is this is my kind of favorite time of the year in dynasty sometimes then when you get to training camp you can really ramp up the trades but at this stage of the year some teams will have their rookie drafts completed some won't but something that you do need to know is know your owners for example in that ffpc league that you're drafting in dave you can now look to start to see where players are valuing so obviously the guy that has taken sonny michelle values the running back position he values him maybe maybe later down the line if you keep a couple of notes on him you're able to move a running back that you think the value is maybe going out of that you can move you need to know the owners what their valuations of certain positions are you know if it's ppr mine's is going to be wide receiver and a lot of people know that uh, if it's super flex it's obviously going to be quarterbacks but you know some people will value those positions uh, some people then might not value. i i've noticed with the the kind of influx from redraft people aren't valuing future draft picks so at this stage of the year if you have somebody or maybe even you've a, a late third pick this year and you don't have that roster spot and you don't have it uh, if you don't want to draft somebody in the third round try and flip it for you know a second round pick next year the amount of times i've noticed in the last two years that people are willing to do that uh, and then that second round pick when you even get to uh, you know getting closer to the season you can move that for a veteran running back that maybe somebody is thinking already about rebuilding their team for the next season so you can move things around and uh, always see where the values are i think that's one of the key but i think somewhere you'll think dave is the key is like you know when we're studying these teams is to know the depth charts because there's a lot of people will be coming in from redraft last year and they'll be used to seeing us such and such a player done so good in 2017 they haven't really looked about how the draft has affected that roster how free agency has affected that roster and there might be somebody who is you know now the number two running back on a certain team you think he can leap for out of the starter and get that position maybe move that guy who's the starter uh you know to somebody who isn't as informed or else luck to pick up somebody on the cheap who is that person you think could leapfrog into a starting position it's so key to know those uh, spots on the roster i think that's something that people don't tend to, to lock into as they move from redraft into dynasty is that something that you te- do you dive into those you know i know we're all we'll all be jumping onto roto world on a regular basis seeing what's changing but I, like i just every single day maybe three or four times a day check those things up i have apps that give me notifications of different roster changes but a lot of people aren't doing that and you know we think of it as normal but it is a huge area where you can gain on uh, on those other owners is that somewhere that you think there's a, a key advantage yeah, actually, I think that's a great point, and I'm not checking as consistently as you, but uh, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of utility in understanding 
the full depth chart, right? Because we see, especially in season, that guys are going to get an opportunity and that's when they're going to be coming useful. And in Dynasty, with deep rosters, you need to be ahead of those things. So that's a great point. And then kind of to that point too, I think something that's really helpful is not just knowing the depth chart, but also being informed about player contracts because that's going to allow you to be a year or you know a year or two ahead and if you're not paying attention to that you might have tevin coleman and you know you're picturing him on the falcons for the next couple of years but the reality is you know he's going to be probably the most sought after maybe one or you know the top or second most sought after running back in free agency next year so you know he might have even more utility for you heading into the 2019 season so if you were going to be you know, considering moving him this year, that's a piece of information you'd really have to know. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, that's a key point, and I was going to mention that as well, the Tevin Coleman situation. It'll be similar to what we're seeing this year with Jarek McKinnon. There'll be a massive spike in his value, so I think he's somebody that he can get there. The problem with uh, Tevin Coleman is I know a lot of... uh, uh, Devontae Freeman owners tend to have de- the two of them on their rosters. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those real uh, key handcuff situations in, in Dynasty. But uh, if you can get him, he's somebody I'm targeting this offseason. The other thing is like to, you know, manage your, as if, 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 as if it was investments, you know, across your league. Some people only have one league, but treat those players as commodities. I, I, I always say no player is untradeable. Don't really get emotionally attached to your, your favorite player. You want to have players on your team that you want to support and that you do like. But, you know, if you have a certain player, if you're a big Atlanta Falcon, fan and you've Julio Jones and he's getting a little bit older and I wouldn't be advocating for trading him but if you get a monster offer that you know just makes no sense to reject don't be I, I've leagues where I've offered you know just to see offered multiple force round picks for certain players and uh, you know if he's turned down and it's because somebody says oh I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan and I love Des Bryant I might have had that offer two or three years ago but now it's a case where no I'm, I'm not going for them but as well keeping the uh, who you know of your owners somebody might be like that and if you have Des Bryant just towards the end of last season you might have been able to to move him to somebody who is emotionally attached to players like that so always keep a, a track on that and uh, it takes you know opportunities like that to to move players to get that value if you look back to last year using the waiver wire players like Robbie Anderson or even you know Nelson yeah. Aguilar Devontae Adams they were just you know the slow slow kind of second years of their career and the, they were worth pretty much nothing now obviously the huge spike there a key 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 thing Dave uh, you know you said you don't play in as many dynasty leagues but at th- this season and that startup's not really going to matter but when you get to next season you have those rookie picks you have to be sure that you can fit all those players on that roster size so if your players you know a 30 uh a 30 man roster and you've 32 players after the draft you're going to have to either cut two players or move two players and if you like the players on your team it's key to get those moved now because the cut down might be a week before the season it might be pre-season but you don't want to be having to cut players that you think are of value and having them land on the waiver wire even if you can move them for future picks or do two for one offers you always need to know your roster size and start moving there and you know those roster cloggers it's it's time to to move them on or either cut them just so you, you make sure you know where you are going with them and again i mentioned that the rookie picks always be acquiring the rookie picks they will never have as much value as when they're on the clock and they'll never have less value than when they're a year or two years away i've had trades recently where i've got you know 2019 picks thrown in 2020 picks even thrown in those 2020 picks if you're in a deal and it's almost a done deal say you're 95 percent of the way there just say throw me in a 2019 third and it's a deal and that 2019 third then when you get to the end towards the end of next season and you're in that kind of the trade deadline mode and somebody thinks my team's you know going nowhere this year we're heading looking ahead to the future they'll they'll be able to trade you that running back who's a veteran who they think is going to have no long-term value on their team for that third round pick and uh, that can help you win yourself a championship so always be thinking ahead but 
I think uh, people with that transition over from redraft to dynasty are just not valuing those uh, picks. So buy those picks as early as you can and sell them as late as you can. That's the, the best way to, to reap those rewards. Yeah, that's definitely um, all solid advice. Uh, I guess my final question would be, you know, I, I know that you, you we, in talking with you before, we've talked about waiver dollars. So how, yeah. how are you like viewing using those heading into the season and leagues that let you use them and make some moves before things start up? It's a case of uh, a key in this is like, you know, I said uh, manage the depth chart. Well, if you see a player now who's second or third in the depth chart, you think it's going to have a, an opportunity to make the roster. You're better off to, you know, spend three or four dollars on him now rather than when the cuts happen, he's on the roster and you have to spend, you know, 50 percent of your waiver budget to get him. Think ahead. If that player doesn't work out for you, you're getting him cheap. It's just taking that roster spot for the, you know, the time he's on it. Then you can cut him. It's not really costing you anything. But whereas if you do it later, you know, the case is kind of that the early worm, you know, gets gets the reward there. Try and get them early. And if you don't, you don't really lose anything then in the long term. Whereas if you have to wait and then you're looking to trades, like I mentioned already, Robbie Anderson, someone else I got for pretty much nothing last year was Austin Eckler. You know, there's players like that who can have that value, but you just need to be checking those depth charts and get in there early. There's really no point. I think really when you look at it, most of the time after week eight or nine in the season, there's really no value coming in. The, the rosters have been circled through, even with the injuries that have happened, and there's really no value there long term as a dynasty prospect. So it's important to use those dollars. Some leagues will let you take those dollars from one year to the other, but you need to know your, your system in your league. It's like, you know, you need to know your scoring system. You need to know your waiver system as well. I think a lot of people miss out on those uh you know those waiver accusations because they're not paying enough attention at this stage of the year this is the the time of the year kind of up to august that you need to be ahead of the ahead of the pack and that and then in the season again it's like if you have two players on bye week and week eight you know when you're at week five you need to be looking ahead so you can uh, pick up that guy on the wire and then you know instead of him blowing up in week seven and then you have to go again with 50 percent of your waiver budget or you miss out on him by one dollar because you don't have enough waiver dollars left so it's all about uh, thinking ahead with the waiver wire and take those opportunities when the the price is low again like a stock and seeking it move up and then sell, sell when it's uh, high again next off season all good stuff there so i think there's a couple of key takeaways essentially it is getting prepared and i like how you said taking notes so you're taking some notes maybe on the owners in your league what you can learn about their behaviors you're taking notes on depth charts maybe contracts making sure you're aware of the players that you have and then like you said, looking ahead to maybe some things that could be happening in season, preparing for that now, or at the very least taking notes. I think that's a big, big thing that I'm taking away from this conversation is just taking those notes. So we've talked about Dynasty now. Heading into the season, and maybe this could be for Redraft or Dynasty, there are any wide receivers that you think might be going under the radar that you're really uh, high on this season? Well, there's somebody that I'm really high on this season, and I, I wrote up a little piece uh, on Rotoviz this week, and it's uh, Marquise Goodwin. I've kind of I've been trying to acquire him in all my leagues. Uh, I've got him in most leagues, but there's a few owners that just uh, aren't aren't budging. It's not going to work, and I think they they know at this stage that uh, I'm probably all in on him, so that they're, they're definitely not going to move him on to me in case it, it just does work. But he's a player that you know last season, in the middle of last season, you were able to get relatively cheap. Uh, just people didn't really think of him as a, a long-term dynasty prospect. But again, I mentioned buying cheap, taking that opportunity and it has worked out so far for me but if you look back to what he did last year there was a couple of things that were key to his uh, increase uh, and his opportunities but even looking back to 2016 his last year with the buffalo bills um he had you know been that olympic track star he was always trying to get into 
the uh, athletic side of things as well as playing in the NFL. He has run in the Olympics before, but he missed out on the 2016 Olympics, kind of refocused himself uh, on just purely NFL, kind of has retired from uh, the sprinting side of things where he is incredibly athletic, as we know, uh, on the NFL field. But he's been just uh, working on that uh, by all accounts, and uh, that really obviously has helped him in those last two seasons. But he moved to San Francisco in a team led by Kyle Shanahan as the new offensive coordinator. Pierre Garçon did get injured midway through the season with a neck injury. And then, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo moved over from New England in that trade. But he pretty much uh, doubled all his you know best uh, totals across the board in 2017, finished with uh, 962 yards, averaging 17.2 yards per reception. He did just have three touchdowns on the year, but the 49ers did struggle for touchdowns, just 31 on the year and just 15 passing touchdowns. So I think that can improve again with Jimmy Garoppolo under center there. And I think we all know that he's not a true number one wide receiver, but I've uh, looked at him with Jimmy Garoppolo and then I've looked at him with another interest in comparison at the wide receiver position. So when I look at him using the game splits app with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's played six games with him and 10 games without him. But in PPR leagues, he's averaging 14.5 points per game uh, in the split with him and 8.1 points per game without him and his receptions have gone up to 5.5 from 2.3 uh, you know then if we're looking at the, the targets per game it was 8.1 from 5.6 so there's a lot of things to look for but if you kind of bounce them across a season uh, the receptions will be 88 receptions uh, on the season uh, so I just think there's a huge opportunity for him and uh, that would give him 1200 yards as well it might be a little bit ahead of uh, you know what we expect because we are going to have Garcon coming back in but it is a monster jump up from what he was getting without him and the team and of course we had CJ Beathard there last year and uh, just the, obviously it wasn't working out but the player that I like is uh, to compare him to is Deshaun Jackson who played with Pierre Garcon in Washington they played 39 games together and Gerson, or Jackson had very similar numbers to what I'm projecting Goon went for this year he had 12 0.7 PPR points and then he had uh, 3.6 receptions per game but again the the depth of target was a lot higher for him but he ended up uh, with 69 receiving uh, yards per game and I have a very similar projection this year for a good one I think if you're looking at him you know in dynasty he's my number 30 wide receiver in my dynasty rankings but he's gone off the board on average 56 overall and you know wow. general generally in the 11th or 12th round and I think that, that that's going to have a, a considerable push up in value he has a contract uh, that he has got this offseason keeps him there for the next three seasons and then with Garoppolo under center another thing of interest to note is the 49ers had the highest field goal to touchdown ratio in the league that obviously isn't ideal but they did score on 62 percent of his drives when he came in so they're moving the ball very very uh, efficiently but just struggling to punch it in so I think there'll be opportunities this year as well for those touchdowns to improve if you look at then you know, at the start of the offseason, we were looking at, will Allen Robinson end up there? Will Sammy Watkins end up there? Well, in free agency, nothing happened. They did give up uh, quite a considerable bit of draft capital uh, to get Dante Pettis. But I think he, this year, will profile more like, a, you know, a return man, possibly slot receiver, number three wide receiver in the offense. And uh, they also have Trent Taylor, who was a fifth-round rookie last year, who outside of Cooper Cup and Juju Smith-Schuster finished uh, third among wide receivers and catches last year with 43 catches. But again, he's not super athletic and you know he had a very low average depth target last year so 
I think they're going to be more in competition with each other. That is Taylor and Pettis. And I think they're going to kind of cannibalize each other in terms of targets. Out of that, then there's George Kittle, Aldrich Robinson. Uh, and of course, again, Jared McKinnon, who we mentioned earlier in the show. But I think it's clear that, you know, Gershon and Goodwin are kind of the 1A, 1B in this offense. And I think with him coming back, it should, with Gershon that is coming back, should help uh, Goodwin in terms of uh, the coverage that he's going to see. So I think he's somebody who you should be looking to acquire uh, in terms of, uh, dynasty assets and I think even if you're looking at him in redraft this year he's still going around that kind of mid to late uh, eighth round so I still think there's significant value to be had from him there uh, moving in because if he just hits uh, the median of those projections he's definitely going to go above that but as I mentioned I've missed the, the 30th uh, wide receiver in dynasty and he's kind of you know going going in those late 50s so I think he's somebody to target yeah I mean I think that you've made a very strong case for him there and You know, it's surprising to me that he's down that low because, as you mentioned, you know, when you're looking at that depth chart, you know, it's hard to to not have, I think, a higher expectation than his ADP would imply just given, you know, what we saw from that offense last year with Jimmy G coming in and the volume that he should control and the talent that we've seen from him. So I'm with you on Goodwin. I think that he's a guy we should definitely be paying more attention to and you can probably get at a spot in your draft where he's going to be a great asset for your team. Another guy that I've seen going in the same spot uh, in MFL 10s is Will Fuller. Now, Will Fuller is a player that had two kind of, you know, you might frame them as disappointing years. I would say his rookie season 2016, there was terrible quarterback play on the Texans you need to write off that year and then in 2017 he was very strong when playing with Deshaun Watson this is a guy that has great draft capital in the NFL draft you know he was a 99th percent uh, runner in the 40 yard dash very talented player and we got to see what you know he was capable of last season so he averaged only nine points per game in 2016 but like I said you can write that off even got to 12 points per game last year and that was playing with Deshaun Watson in just four games so the key thing here is when he was playing with Watson he was averaging 17 points per game with in those four games seven touchdowns now obviously that's naturally going to regress during the course of a season but it speaks to what he is capable of they were able to make the most of his speed of his talent and that really wasn't even with a huge volume of targets I think in that stretch he was only averaging four and a half targets per game so you know that efficiency can come down but I think it's fair that he could pick up another target or two per game even with DeAndre Hopkins there who's going to control you know maybe 170 175 even targets but when you look at the rest of the players in this offense it is conceivable that Will Fuller should get a large portion of what is left I mean this is a guy that last year ranked fourth in air yards per target with 15.9 per target so to me when you look at this and you put this all together he's a player that in dynasty I'm actually going to be moving up for my 22nd rank now that I've had a chance to recalibrate for this and I think in redraft this year he's a good pick as well if Watson can come back and even be 75% of what he was Will Fuller the number two on this Texans team I think there's a lot of potential there for him yeah I I agree and uh, you know he's somebody coming into the league who I wasn't that high on there was a lot of concerns about his hands coming into the league but I think even though you said to forget about that 2016 season I don't have the splits of the games of the 2016 season in front of me but I think he started week one and week two with back-to-back 100 yard games if I'm correct and that was with Brock Osweiler 
Let's find out. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, uh, you know, that's a good point because even with Osweiler, he did have some good games. So, yeah, he started off 107 yards in his first game, 104 in his second. Um, so, yeah, you know, even with Osweiler, he at points did put, you know, put together some games. Yeah, but again, looking at the depth chart, like we kind of touched on where we're going about the dynasty tips. You know, even if he's not your favorite player in the NFL or you don't have him projected to be super high, if you look at the rest of the roster, there's just a lack of talent around DeAndre Hopkins. And it can't just be DeAndre Hopkins for 200 targets this season. <laughs> he probably will get close to it. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you're looking at it, you know, there's going to be somebody there. And I mentioned Calvin Ridley falling opposite uh, Julio Jones. And obviously, if you have somebody then against opposite DeAndre Hopkins, who a lot of people have as their wide receiver one, and dynasty at the moment i just think there's a huge opportunity we've seen what him and deshaun watson did last year i don't think it's going to be quite as efficient in terms of targets to touchdowns that he did last year but you know in terms of you mentioned the air yards those deep targets and we had concerns about the hands but you know he, he has those games where he has monster monster week winning weeks for you and uh, i think that's something that you need to have on your roster he's a player who's obviously has incredible deep speed and uh, I thought last year just with Watson that offense was so dynamic with what Bill O'Brien was calling they were just moving things around and I'm very excited to see what they can do this year and even when he came back last year from that injury you know I always thought he might be a player who's a little bit frail but he came back from his injury and really had no concerns you know taking difficult shots across the middle or you know coming down mm-hmm. hard on that shoulder so I was very very impressed with his toughness last year and uh, I, I expect him to have a, a big big year this year in terms of that depth of target again and the offense you know one more year with the Deshaun Watson obviously he got injured in the midpoint of last season and we're going to see him hopefully healthy heading into it but you know people underestimate the 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 difference of moving from college to to the NFL and who knows obviously he didn't want that physical injury but the the time now to adapt and develop uh, behind the scenes get the the playbook down as he heads towards the season will be interesting to see for this year but a player I'm, I'm very very excited to see uh, and again like i mentioned with the depth charts very very similar situation to the goodwin garçon situation those quarterbacks are going to throw the ball close to 600 times this season those targets have to be split out so even if you give 400 targets to the rest of the team you know there's still 100 targets for each of those wide receivers i know hopkins is going to get a bigger split but realistically speaking uh, we'll probably see uh, fuller getting in around 110 targets in, in 2018 yeah absolutely and my final point on him would be that last season um he was 90 in the 95th percentile of weighted opportunity rating when you adjust, uh, you know, for percentage of games played and, you, you know, you take away the games that he did miss. So I'm excited about him. I'm excited about Goodwin as well. And I want to take a couple of minutes to tell you about our friends at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football you know, most people, it's the off season, but it's never the off season for the FFPC. If you're ready to draft now, the FFPC best ball leagues are drafting daily. Entry fees starting at just $35. They both slow and live drafts. If you like Dynasty, as we've talked about, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at just $77, going up to $2,500. And the incredible thing is not a single Dynasty league has folded in eight years. New Dynasty leagues are formed right now with startup drafts launching right after the NFL draft continuing through the summer so don't miss the FFPC experience go to myffpc.com and register now that's myffpc.com the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football 
Uh, also want to mention uh, that you can help the pod by subscribing and rating the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. If you do that, you'll be eligible to win a $35 entry to one of the FFPC best ball leagues. All you have to do is head over to iTunes, leave a written interview with your name in it, and then listen to a future episode to hear if you're the winner. Uh, also, if you want to be in the FFPC league with some of the Rotoviz writers and podcasters like myself and Dave, email us over at rotovizradio at gmail.com and we'll get that league set up. We have a lot of people interested and we have, uh, I think we were up to 10 for this one. So two more, we get that league ready to rock. I just want to let you know as well that listening to this week's Rotoviz Radio will give you an additional opportunity to get that free $35 entry into an FFPC league. As I mentioned, subscribe on iTunes, leave us that review. But if you retweet this podcast tweet when it comes out on the Rotoviz radio uh, channel uh, on twitter retweet it and uh, one of the people who retweets that this week will win a 35 dollar entry for next week's show so uh, a bonus opportunity there for you so get involved get retweeting over at rotoviz radio on twitter and uh, of course we thank you for your continued support of the podcast channel and of course the flagship show yeah absolutely i echo that sentiment completely uh, we do appreciate you listening, and we'd love to play against you. So definitely uh, make sure that you try to get into that contest via those channels that uh, Column just mentioned. Now, the most exciting part of the show, we are going to be doing a super early mock draft, just putting all of these things that we've talked about so far into practice. Uh, we are going to be using a... I guess we would call it a software that I built to be doing this um, that is going to be coming out on the site this year. It's a drafting tool that helps you maintain your organization in the draft, being aware of all of the pertinent information that you need, but you can also use it to mock draft and get ready for all of your drafts. Very customizable. We are going to be drafting in a 12-team league, 16-man rosters. There's going to be one quarterback two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex kicker, DST, and that would leave us with six guys on the bench. A PPR league, the ADP that we've pulled into the tool is going to be the average of PPR at the current point in time. And uh, Mr. Kelly, why don't you pick which um, which draft slot are we going to be drafting from? Uh, let's go uh, middle of the pack to give a nice average uh, spot. We'll go from number six. That is going to make us just with the default in here column, just so you can keep track. You can see, so we're sharing a screen right here. You can see we're going to be the the Ravens in this. Okay, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> not that not that either of us are Ravens fans, but we'll just rock out with the defaults. So, so we are on the clock. The first five picks went: Elliot Gurley, Antonio Brown, Alvin Kamara, Le'Veon Bell. If we look in our available players, we sort that by flex. Looks like the top picks are probably going to be guys like David Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. What are you thinking, Colm? I think when if you're looking, you know, the tear break for me is at David Johnson. So if you want to get a running back at this point, you're going David Johnson. For me, mention the wide receivers. I just <laughs> I just love the wide receiver position. So, you know, I'd be going with the DeAndre Hopkins or Odell Beckham Jr. here. I think we'll be able to, you know, go on the road of his way and following Sean Siegel's advice. So maybe later on we'll be able to find those running backs that we do need. I think though, if you're wanting that stud, you need to go for David Johnson. I'll let you make the, the final decision, but I, I would be going uh, DeAndre Hopkins at this point. Well, I am going to say, let's go with you. Let's explore going down this wide receiver avenue. Uh, you said that you liked Hopkins, right? Yep. 
Yeah, let's do it. So we are going to select DeAndre Hopkins. So we'll go with a wide receiver here. I also think that that's going to take us a little bit against the grain in this draft, which is something that I'd like to do. So we'll get caught up here and uh, we'll check back with the picks that we have. All right, so we're back on the clock. Recent picks have been Melvin Gordon, Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, LaShawn McCoy, Dalvin Cook, and Julio Jones. I think that our best options currently available are probably Keenan Allen, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, uh, Devonta Freeman, AJ Green, Mike Evans, maybe Tyreek Hill, Jordan Howard, and Adam Thielen. I guess the first question to you would be, how do you feel about going with a uh running back here or a wide receiver well uh when i was thinking in that first round i was thinking about uh the possibility of Devontae freeman and he is there but i was thinking about trying to get him you know in that third round if you look at what is going after those wide receivers you're looking uh, further down the charts you know there's adam Thielen, there's doug baldwin ty hilton stefan diggs uh, you know i would expect one of them to make it back to us at the next pick so what i'm going to advice doing here is to go with uh, a tight end because you know the premium of uh, Robin Krausker, Travis Kelsey or even Zach Ertz the three of those uh, just I think is so so high so at this point my pick and I rarely do go tight end at this point of a draft but I think just the way this is shaping up I think uh, Robin Krausker will be my pick at this point would you agree with that or would you be looking to, to go a different direction? I am normally diametrically opposed to what you just said <laughs> um <laughs> I don't really buy into the advantage of the tight end position as much as others might say, especially not with a guy like Rob Gronkowski. Now, I hate to label a player as injury prone, but I think in the case of Gronkowski, it is fair to expect a couple missed games. And even beyond that, I am not sure that at this point in his career, he really is locked in to outscore the rest of his peers by as significant of a margin as he may have in the past. So when I'm looking at my team holistically, I'm not sure if I'm getting as much of an advantage at that position as I might be by building in another strong wide receiver two into my roster or a strong running back so you know maybe if I were going to go with the tight end here I would actually go with Travis Kelsey I think you're going to get more utility over the course of the season but I actually would be resistant to going with the tight end here which puts us in a bit of a quagmire uh have I talked you out of it do you still want to go for it I will leave this one up to you well, usually I would be in the exact same position as you, but I'm just looking at you know the the way that this draft's going to shake out, and if you don't go with one of those three, they're all going to be gone prior to our next pick. Then your tight end options are going to be uh, Greg Olson or Delaney Walker or uh, Jordan Reed. <laughs> Jordan Reed, we all know, has had a lot more injury issues over the last couple of seasons. So I just feel I feel I would I, I would either go for Keenan Allen at this point or Rob Gronkowski, but just. Uh, you know, to, to have a little bit of a shake out. I'm going to, I'm just going to have a little bit of fun and force you into the, the Robin Kowski ride as you, you seem more <laughs> comfortable with that. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. So let me pop back over here. We will go with Rob Gronkowski and draft him. So the team is now DeAndre Hopkins and Rob Gronkowski. How are you feeling about that? I, I, I'm quite happy so far, but uh, the first two rounds never win you a season. It's always uh, what you get in those middle rounds. So let's see how it shakes out. So we're back on the clock. Recent picks were Jarek McKinnon, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill, Derek Henry, Adam Thielen, and Mark Ingram. At this point, we've seen 25 wide receivers go off the board, only eight running backs. So actually at the running back position, which we have yet to address, there's still Jordan Howard. Uh, then there's Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman, 
Burkhead, Cohen, Chris Thompson, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Carlos Hyde. I don't know how I feel about that cast of characters when we compare that to wide receivers that are still there, such as Doug Baldwin, T.Y. Hilton, Stefan Diggs, even Amari Cooper, Josh Gordon. You leaning running back here by any chance or you want to go back to wide receiver? No, I'd be looking at wide receiver at this point in time. And uh, I also did say at the last pick that, you know, the, the tight ends will be gone. And I, I was wrong because Travis Kelsey's still on the board. So maybe we did slip up on that in that last second round pick. But that's why we do these mock drafts to see how things are going to shake out. But, uh, you know, I, I've been acquiring Dynasty this year. Doug Baldwin, I think he's severely underrated. If you look again, talk about depth charts. Uh, still, T.O. Hilton, the concern is, is Andrew Luck going to be 100%. The other option then is Rotova's favorite uh, Mr. Stefan Diggs. So I'm between Baldwin and Diggs, but since I've taken those first two, you can have the you can have the floor at this point. Oh gosh. This is such a tough decision. I really like Baldwin this season. Of course, there's so much optimism for Diggs. Just looking like the younger version of Antonio Brown. Finally, well, you know, he had decent quarterback play this or last season, but finally gonna play with a true franchise quarterback in Kirk Cousins. It is exciting. We have DeAndre Hopkins, Rob Gronkowski. I think, well, you know, in my opinion, I think Baldwin and Diggs both are fairly reliable picks for this season. I'm going to go, though, with Doug Baldwin. We'll go with the guy here that is the guaranteed number one wide receiver. I do think that Diggs will eventually make it clear that the receiving game is his in Minnesota. But with Thielen there, the new quarterback, you don't know. Maybe Cousins prefers uh, Thielen. So we will go with Doug Baldwin. So we now have DeAndre Hopkins, Doug Baldwin, Rob Gronkowski. And just when we're waiting to get back on the board again, I'm just going to mention that uh, to the listeners who haven't seen uh, the draft apps or uh, the apps that Dave's been working on behind the scenes, uh, this dude is absolutely crushing it. Uh, I just I can't wait till these things go up live on the site. I think it's just uh, it's going to be an awesome tool for uh, anyone for this offseason. Yeah, well, I appreciate this. These are the culmination of thousands and thousands of hours of work. So it's going to be really cool to get these out to a broader audience this year. Uh, I'm really excited about it. And we are back up. So we just saw Darius Geis, Alshon Jeffrey, Aaron Rodgers go as the first quarterback. Then Larry Fitzgerald, T.Y. Hilton, Travis Kelsey finally goes at 40. Deshaun Watson at 41. Allen Robinson at 42. So we are now at a point where we have Hopkins, Baldwin, Gronkowski. We still have not addressed the running back position. Do you feel like we even need to go back and explore that well? Or are you still interested in exploring with the wide receivers? I think we need to take a look at the running backs. So just looking through the wide receivers, there's one name that really I think I would be targeting strongly at this point, but the rest uh, I think I'd be waiting. So let's have a look at the wide receivers. The, the wide receivers? Uh, or the, the, sorry, the running backs. Oh, that's fine. The running backs. Okay, so you still have Jay Ajayi, Lamar Miller, Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman, Rex Burkhead, Tariq Cohen, Chris Thompson, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams. I think at that point you start getting into guys I wouldn't have any interest in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, uh, theoretic still, there's, a, I think, out of an interest there. But when you're looking through these, they're all players who we have seen, uh, you know, thought in the past was huge potential there, but haven't fully really came true on it. You know, Rex Barkhead last year did have a couple of big games. Last offseason, uh, you know, I've had on so many dynasty rosters. I was so hyped with them. Chris Thompson coming back to that injury. Duke Johnson this year will still have his pass catching role, but, you know, they, they have Carlos Hyde there, uh, took in Chubb as well. So uh, JJ uh, Miller, I think, uh, like, you know, how are you feeling at this point? I think uh, two of these are probably going to be there 
in that next round when you went back. The wide receiver I would be interested in at this point is Amari Cooper. How do you feel between the split there between these running backs and Amari Cooper? Ugh. It's it's tough because Cooper, I am a little concerned about this year just with the shakeup in that offense and how that is going to operate. Uh, but I do, I think I like the option of going back to the receiver better than these running backs. I mean, right now it's pick 43. Lamar Miller might not be around, but Dion Lewis, at, who's going 58, and Tevin Coleman, who has an ADP of 64, could still be around. And granted, even if we don't get those guys, I think that, you know, I'd be okay with taking a Tariq Cohen, a Chris Thompson, even going back to wide receiver. Maybe I'm just still too stuck into going zero running back, but I think I'd probably even rather have a Brandon Cooks, a Golden Tate, a Juju Smith-Schuster at this point. So I actually would lean back towards going wide receiver here. Yeah, Matt Kelly's favorite player in the world as well. Devin Funch is still on the board. So I'll let you make the choice, Dave. Who, who are we taking here? Uh, well, it's funny, and I think I might have mentioned this on a uh, podcast. Uh, one of the... Uh, Rotoviz ones that we've done recently that Devin Funch has absolutely crushed my historical projection model. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking of, of Mr. Kelly, the other Mr. Kelly, uh, <laughs> when I saw that come and, you know, maybe we should take him. But I actually think here I'd go back to the well. I'll say, why don't you choose between Cooper, Cooks or Tate? I think I, I would go Cooper. You'll get those bigger weeks out of, out of Branton Cooks as well. But I just think if you're looking for a real, real upside in terms of the, the touchdowns, I think I'm looking towards Cooper. Last year, uh, you know, significantly lower season than uh, everyone was expecting. Had a lot of trouble uh, with drops, particularly in the, in the end zone. But I think uh, we can see a bounce back this year. And you don't have any concerns maybe about this offense operating differently and uh, kind of taking the receiving game out of the equation? I still think we'll we'll see enough opportunity there. I think it's it's going to be interesting at this point in time when like I don't listen, I try to keep all that coach speak uh, out, out of my ears at this time of the year. But with John Gruden, it really does seem like he just wants to turn the clock back to 1990 and run the ball. But I don't know. I think we'll see week one whether he's kind of trolling us all the whole way through. I think he's trying to take a page out of Bill Belichick's book. But I think there'll there'll still be enough targets there. And Jordy Nelson is there. But I have no doubt that the the number one target in this offense is going to be Amari Cooper. So he's going to you know if, if you want to put on a, a bet with me now and over under if he gets under 100 targets and is healthy for this season i would be absolutely astounded <laughs> um i i think that i would actually have to take the over i think that you know i i see him at least getting like 115 yeah, uh yeah. so yeah i'm cool with that pick so it's hopkins baldwin cooper and gronkowski i like how that team has started even Start. with gronkowski this looks pretty good so far let's let's keep it on the track yeah, so Josh Gordon, Devin Funches, Julian Edelman, Marvin Jones, Dion Lewis, Alex Collins, Brandon Cooks, and Demarius Thomas were recent picks. We still have Golden Tate, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Hogan, Michael Crabtree, Jordy Nelson, Will Fuller, Robert Woods, Robbie Anderson, Sterling Shepard available at wide receiver. If we pop over to running back, Lamar Miller is still there. He's stuck around. There's Tevin Coleman. Burkhead, Cohen, Thompson, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, Rashad Penny. I'm kind of thinking that maybe we pivot back to running back here. There's three names that I like. Did any of those pop out to you? I think if you're looking at, uh, you know, the fifth round, I think Lamar Miller and the opportunity that he's going to get this year, uh, you know, he is going to get the first crack again at the job, whether he succeeds or doesn't succeed. That is a different story. You know, you have Tevin Coleman, who's going to get 
know, probably 30 to 35% of the workload behind Devontae Freeman. But Lamar Miller has the opportunity this year to, you know, get that 65 to 70% workload heading into the season. Rex Burkhead again is going to be a split workload. It's hard to trust those New England back, backfields week to week. Terry Cohen, I'm not all that 100% sold on. I think, you know, it's going to take a lot of opportunities for him to get the value that he had last year. Chris Thompson is the one that interests me coming back off his injury. But either of those two at this point in time, I'm really looking at Lamar Miller or Chris Thompson. And I just think at the fifth round valuation, I think I would have to have to look at Lamar Miller. Mm. I'm not in <laughs> love with Miller. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, cert- not- I'm certainly not in love with him either, but I just think the, the opportunity that he's going to get this year projects to be better than a fifth round pick. Okay, that that's fair. You know, Miller, I think, is an interesting player. A lot of people feel like uh, Dante Foreman is going to take over that offense. And, you know, Miller has managed to put together some production, but maybe not what people would have liked. Uh, you know, I, I can't recall off the top of my head what his best season was. But we'll go with Miller here. We'll add in that running back that has a chance to control his offense. And for a fifth round pick, even if he isn't absolutely dynamite, we can live with that and get some production at our running back uh, spot right here. So we will go ahead and we will select Lamar Miller. So just to recap, at this point, our starting running back, Lamar Miller, starting wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Doug Baldwin, Amari Cooper, and our tight end is Rob Gronkowski. So we'll start working our way through the draft again. Um, at this uh, point, oh, go ahead. And even with it, if you look at uh, Lamar Miller, you know you're you're talking about the opportunity, and if he doesn't get it, if his role has succeeded this year, but you know with Foreman, he's coming back off a torn Achilles, and he was looking explosive before that, but it is a concern and injury. So later on in this draft, I'm pretty sure if we do need to go that route, I think you can handcuff Lamar Miller and Foreman at some point in the draft. So maybe we'll look at that later on. Okay. And it is back to us. It's our pick. Just for a quick recap, four quarterbacks have gone at this point. We are at pick 67 in round six, 28 running backs gone, 30 wide receivers, four tight ends. So I think that I'm okay still with waiting on quarterback here. There's plenty of options. Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins are still available. You okay with bypassing quarterback for a couple of rounds? Yep. Okay. To at least after the 10th, don't come back to me on the quarterback. <laughs> Yeah. So there's still, I think, some intriguing options uh, out there at wide receiver. Some names that would jump out to me would be Will Fuller, who we talked about earlier, Robert Woods. Uh, Then you have guys like Emmanuel Sanders still hanging around, Cooper Cup, Jamison Crowder, Marquise Goodwin, the running backs. Let's see who's still there. So there's still uh, Rex Burkhead, Derek Cohen, Chris Thompson, Duke Johnson, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell, Theo Riddick, James White, Samaj P. Ryan, Doug Martin, Ty Montgomery, Marshawn Lynch. Not a whole lot of names that I'm excited about there at running back anymore. We have that strong group of wide receivers, and I think there's still names that I like. So I'm almost leaning towards pivoting back to running back here. Uh I'll give you uh, Chris Thompson or Rex Burkhead. I would be leaning towards Chris Thompson. My only concern with him is that injury that he suffered, but uh, all things looking good at this stage for him to be fully recovered. Uh, you know, in the pass catching role, just so dynamic, so athletic. Even that game that he got injured against the Saints had a long touchdown reception. Uh, you know, I, I, I really love his uh, workload in PPR, and uh, if he comes back healthy, I think at this point would be an absolute steal. When we're looking through the rest of the options at running back, it is starting to get to very, very much zero RB after this point. So I would I would lean towards Chris Thompson. Yeah, you know, that's where I was going to go as well. I think for me, 
the Patriots running backs this season, I'm really avoiding. I've kind of tried to avoid them every season because as I've talked about ad nauseum, when you look at that, that running back court at the end of every season, there is never a guy that has scored the most points um, you know, in a overwhelming majority of weeks in that offense. And even with Michelle there, okay, if it is Michelle, then it's not going to be Rex Burkhead. But I don't see Burkhead being the type of guy that we can rely on week in and week out, which is what I want at this point. Thompson, I feel better about. Though, guys, I love, I am in love with him as a prospect. I really liked the landing spot. I think he's going to be a great player, but I think that he and Thompson can work harmoniously. There's still going to be that opportunity for Thompson there. And if even if guys does develop into a receiving back and can incorporate that into his game, progress in the receiving game, Thompson still should be there taking that role at least this season while Geist would transition. So we will go in, we will lock in Chris Thompson. So we now have our running back core with Lamar Miller, Chris Thompson, wide receivers, Hopkins, Baldwin, Cooper, and Gronk at tight end. So I'm hoping that Gronk can stay healthy this season and can be that truly elite uh, tight end that we've seen him be for a number of years. Um, though I do have a little bit of concern that, you know, he might not return that, uh, tight end one overall value. So we're coming up into, um, the seventh round pick of ours right now. It's pick 78, 32 wide receivers have been taken 32 running backs, six quarterbacks, seven tight ends. What are you thinking before we even look at the players with this pick? You thinking that we should build in some more depth at wide receiver or try to get a running back? Well, the couple of names that might intrigue us are still there. Uh, it's an option now of what you think you're going to use on a, a weekly base and the flex. Obviously, we have uh, three wide receivers and you're waiting to see you know what's left on the board. You can have that third running back at this point as well. If you look at the, the running backs, that are, Jamal Williams is there and I think it could be intriguing. The, the problem is the, the shaking out of that green bay backfield this year is going to be a real tough one to call and even as a green bay packers fan it's one that i'm trying to avoid in terms of uh, fantasy football moving forward i think combined this running back group will have a, a huge huge season but individually i think they might all just uh, take away a little bit from each other when you look then it's you know isaiah Coel, theo riddick james white i think riddick out of these is the most likely to have his role from what he had last year because still in that same offense they've struggled to run the ball they've drafted a running back but i think pass catching wise i think he's still a safe option there so if you're looking at wide receivers at this point you know there's it's interesting to see doug ball or doug martin sorry uh, and his situation with oakland but yep. just with, with the change in situation with the up and down of his career every year uh, i think i would be looking at uh, you know either going the theoretic route or i know there's one here that is very interesting to you at the wide receiver positions and that is will fuller you know I'm happy to have Will Fuller week in, week out in that flex. I think he will outscore on a weekly basis, theoretic, and that's why it's a case now of looking ahead. Can you get that third running back that you want to use if you have to? Can you get him uh, later on? Or are you going to, to take the opportunity on Will Fuller? It's theoretic versus Will Fuller at this point. Yeah, and I think for me here, I'm going to go with the wide receiver. I like to, especially in a PPR league, have my flex always being filled by a wide receiver. But the more important reason of why I would go Fuller here than Riddick is I feel like there's more upside with Will Fuller. I think that he very conceivably could outplay his ADP in the expectations yep. that we have with selecting him in this round where I think it's going to be very hard for Theo Riddick to provide a performance that would out 
you know, out per, outplay our expectations. So there's more upside for Fuller. That's something I really want to get in our roster at this point. So I think that he is the choice for me. Yeah, 100% agree. So we'll start moving through uh, the upcoming picks. How are you feeling about our team at this point? Do you think we have any glaring weaknesses that you wish we had done things differently? Uh, I don't think I would do anything differently. Obviously, you would like to have more you know, solid uh, running backs that you think are going to be weekly, you know, PPR studs. But the thing is, the way I'm going to contribute or construct my teams this offseason is going to be very much like this. I, if, I, if it was a team and I had money on the line and I'm drafting in a paid-in league, Rob Gronkowski at that second round is probably a pick I wouldn't do. But I think the way the team's turning out is something that, you know, I'm very happy with is the way things are rolling along here. And uh, it's interesting now when we get to this next pick, we're back on the board. Uh, you've got your guide, Will Fuller. Uh, let's look at the running backs because my guy is on the board here as Marcus Goodwin. So uh, we'll just have a, a little look here. All right, let's take a look. So you got Jamal Williams. Theo Riddick is still there mm. now. Interesting. He has an ADP of 119 right now. So according yeah. to that, he's still not going for approximately 30 more picks as we're at pick 91. Uh, yeah. You know, there's Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch, both there. Chris Carson, maybe if you're worried about Rashad Penny. Aaron Jones, Royce Freeman's there, who could be an interesting option, maybe even yeah. Nick Chubb. I actually think if we were going to go with running back, uh, yeah, well, I, would, I might go with one of them. Yeah, well, that, that, that's what I'm thinking. You know, uh, I'm thinking about going with one of them, but I think that I'm looking ahead. I think they're there in the next round. So my pick here is Marquise Goodwin. Hopefully come back the next time and get Freeman or Chubb, preferably for me Freeman based on the situation this year. Uh, because I think Hyde will still work into Chubb's workload this year. But let's hope, uh, let's uh, go for a good one. Let's see if we can get back then and get ourselves uh, a running back. Yeah, let's do it. Because based upon the ADP that we're at least seeing at this point in the summer, I think that both of them will be available. I think as we actually uh, get closer into September, you know, late August, I think that neither one of those guys will will still be there at this point in the draft as we are in round nine but we went with goodwin so just to recap before we uh make our ninth pick we have lamar miller chris thompson deandre hopkins doug baldwin amari cooper rob gronkowski will fuller marquise goodwin i think that the pick of goodwin i like because it's giving us another wide receiver that we could rely on to be a rotational player coming into that flex coming into the wide receiver spot i always like to have a couple of of extra guys that I view as semi-starters, guys that are going to get in and out of our starting rotation. So I think that that was important to add Goodwin. So if we pivot back over to running back, uh, Theo Riddick is amazingly somehow still there. Uh, Royce Freeman is... Uh, oh, wait, did, did Freeman go? Let me switch our sorting here no, to ADP. Do you see Fre- him? Fre- Freeman's there. Oh, baby. Freeman is there. Nick Chubb did get taken. So the recent picks were Chubb, Aaron Jones, Marshawn Lynch, Chris Carson, Devontae Booker. A little bit of a run on running back there. Matthew Stafford, Nelson Aguilar, Delaney Walker, Jamison Crowder. So I think for me, it's going to be between Royce Freeman at this point or a wide receiver. So you have the likes of Kelvin Benjamin, Cam Meredith, Sterling Shepard, Martavis Bryant, Kelvin Ridley, Marquise Lee, Josh Doxson, Alan Hearns. Oof, the Alan Hearns pick, I would be kind of interested in. I'd be interested in Cam Meredith, but I'm actually thinking here, Royce Freeman is a player with a lot of upside, could definitely give us more of that prototypical kind of running back, uh, you know, the guy to anchor your running back crew. So I would be leaning towards Freeman here. How, uh, how about you? 
a 100 percent it's based at this point on roster construction this is the stage where you really need to start looking at you know having those players on board we have two running backs we have five wide receivers uh, so we need to get at least a third running back on the team and uh, as you mentioned you know, you're looking at the players around him the one with the real high upside here is Royce Freeman. Jamal Williams is there, could have a lot of touchdowns this season, but Royce Freeman doesn't have as much competition around him. Devontae Booker is there, but uh, I'm going to Royce Freeman. Gotcha. And then just to give the listeners an idea of what's going on at quarterback, you still have Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Derek Carr, Prescott, Mariota, Winston, Mayfield. A lot of choices. I think the uh, obvious one that differentiates himself there is probably Cousins, but I don't care enough about that. So we're going to go with Royce Freeman and we will add him to our team. So our next pick is going to put us into pick 10. Now at this point in drafts, what do you start thinking about? You know, we have the core of our starting team. What are you looking for? Are you thinking that you're going to be starting to try to build a more upside? Maybe do you want to get some safety, some old veteran players that we can rely on for some production? What's your uh, philosophy at this point? Well, at this point, I think we have, uh, like in terms of wide receivers, we have a really solid uh, combination of youth and experience. We have the upside players and Goodwin, Fuller, and I think Cooper falls into that. We have the safe plays then when you look at Hopkins and Baldwin, and uh, the same then, the running backs can have that upside to them. So it's a case now of just finding the players that you think have the value to have that season where they can, you know, we're drafting down the 10th round, somebody who can have a fifth round ADP value at the end of the year based on what points they score. That's kind of what you're looking for here to get those picks that are going to outperform your ADP by quite a considerable margin so that they can be league winners. For me, that is, again, knowing those depth charts, trying to get those players who are further down the list. Like, you know, we talked about Devontae uh, Foreman earlier, possibility Mm -hmm. there to lock up that running back position. I'm not looking at quarterback yet because I I would be in general, but looking at the list of quarterbacks that is available, it's, uh, you know, there's still no concern around that. So when I'm looking through uh, these players, I'm I'm looking again at either running back or wide receiver. You know, when you draft Rob Gronkowski in that second round, he is a weekly starter. So outside of the bye week, uh, you're only looking at him. Uh, Amazingly, Jordan Reed's still on the board, but at this point, uh, I'm going to pass up on that option. So going Mm -hmm. back, uh, I, I would be looking to, the running back at this pick okay so the names there theo riddick um is still there now he has an adp of 119 so that makes me happy because almost looking at that name made me think that i might have had a problem in the algorithm that is selecting the running backs but no that is still sound because it's only pick 115 uh other names would be legarrett blunt james white geo bernard Corey clement latavius murray doug martin jeremy hill peyton barber foreman as you said maybe spencer ware Bilal powell matt Breida. Any of those names jumping out to you? I think I know the the guy that I would go for. Yeah, well, it might be different to what you're thinking, but I mentioned theoretic quite a bit earlier. He's a player. No, that that's it. Me. That's it. Uh, so it's either him or Foreman. It's one of those two. You're tying up uh, that backfield for the Houston Texans, or you're going with theoretic and uh, getting that PPR upside. And Riddick would have been. He was in the mix for me uh, a round and a half ago, so he's certainly in the mix now. <laughs> I think that uh, for me, it's theoretic. I want to have an opportunity here where we can get a guy that can be an asset all of his own. And if need be, we can have him functioning as a back in our offense and we can have Lamar Miller functioning as a back of our offense. Outside of the Tevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman uh, combo, there's very few backfields that I feel like that would be achievable with. And the Texans offense with us having Hopkins, I don't want to be and Miller. I don't want to get too involved in that, though I do feel decent about it. So I think for me, the pick here is Theo Riddick. So we will select him. We've now gone through 
10 picks. Uh, I think we're probably coming up on our uh, time quota. So this is probably a good point to stop it. Just to recap, our team is Lamar Miller, Chris Thompson, DeAndre Hopkins, Doug Baldwin, Amari Cooper, Rob Gronkowski, Will Fuller, Marquise Goodwin, and Royce Freeman. I really like that team. I feel solid uh, going into the season with that roster. How about you? Yeah, I think it's a really good. And just when you're going through the players, uh, I just realized we have Lamar Miller, Hopkins, and Will Fuller. So uh, if we're going for the quarterback position, we could probably stack it all up with Deshaun Watson and go all in on the, the Houston Texans this year. But that's that's why you do these drafts. You see how things fall. You see what decisions you make. And it's very important to do those mock drafts. This tool is going to be so, so good at doing that. And uh, when we look back at the quarterbacks, uh, we have no Deshaun Watson on on the board here, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. I think we'll just uh, for to finish off a team, we'll throw in Kirk Cousins to to round things up and uh, to have that team finalized. But I think it's a really nice team, really solid throughout, and uh, it was a, a fun process to run through them all. It's uh, it's always a fun fun uh, time of year as we kind of debate who we would take at certain positions. So I hope the process has helped the listeners along and you know trying to decide on what kind of strategies are going to go going forward. I always say, you know, you can have that strategy going in and going zero RB, but don't be stuck on any strategy. There's times where I go in and picking a pick twelve and I go running back, running back. It just all depends on how the board falls behind you. Take the values. Don't start or don't be at the end of a tier. You know, if it's running backs, you have five running backs you'd like. Don't be panicking then to take that running back based on how the tiers are going. Start the next tier and uh, get the value you always go for the best player that's on your board at that time rather than just go for particular positions and I think that's what we did throughout there was better running backs on the board but I think the wide receiver value was there at those points we took it so fun fun process to run through Dave uh, really enjoyed it yeah me too I thought that was a, a lot of fun and I think the one thing that I want to highlight kind of picking back off of you that I've learned from developing these tools and thinking about the logic of putting together a team is you know at those picks maybe the best pick for your team is different than just uh, you know that one guy out there that you know might have have made it longer into the draft than you would have expected but if he doesn't fit into your team you know there's a holistic process that's why as we're picking we're reviewing the guys that we already have on our team, the construction of it, and kind of identifying the best pick for our team. So definitely a useful exercise, I would say, you know, for everybody out there, regardless of if you're using the Rotoviz tool or whatever you're doing to get ready, you know, do some mock drafts. There's so much utility in it. And I think that they're useful to check in a couple times during the summer and start doing them so you can get a better sense of what teams are going to look like in the 2018 season. But that's going to do it for today. So, hey, thanks, Colin, for jumping on, filling in for Matt. I'm glad that we were able to uh, catch up on some of these things. Yeah, me too. And uh, hopefully the uh, Oracle of Iowa will be back in business uh, for next week's edition of the show. Hope so. Apparently, uh, you know, he's feeling a little under the weather. Apparently, he had lost his voice, which I wasn't sure if he had lost his voice, perhaps getting overexcited about the uh, gambling decision uh, yeah. that was recently made in the U.S., which I, I, I think has to be pretty exciting for him. Exciting yeah. for a lot of people over uh, at Rotovis as a whole. I'm sure Anthony Amico is over the moon about <laughs> this. I think New Jersey, where he lives, is probably going to be one of the first states to get in on this. So he's probably feeling pretty good. Yeah. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Once again, I'm Dave Cabin. You can follow me on Twitter at Dave Cabin FF. My co-host was Mr. Colin Kelly, who you can find on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. Yeah. It is. So this has been Rotoviz Radio. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review and be sure to tune in next week. 
Thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. Please rate, review, and contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at RotoViz Radio and support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz at a 30% discount through the listener homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.